Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook. No Twitter. No smartphones. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Seventeen of the Walking Dead TV podcast, our first ever live broadcast. So this is our first long-form test. I'm Jordan from Jersey, and uh, you can see my face for the first time on a show, so that's kind of cool. I'm joined tonight by Mr. Aaron Newworth, Mr. Jim Dietz, and Mr. Russell. Mr. Russell Latham. There you go. There's our first uh, misspeaking of the night. How's yeah. everybody doing? I'm doing well. Now we can all find out why we have faces for radio. <laughs> There's a next broadcast, by the way, brought to you by Terminus Barbecue. Terminus Barbecue, too much pork for just one fork. Come on down to Terminus and enjoy our tasty barbecue special. <laughs> See, now you ripped off copyrighted commercial from some barbecue place. That's going to get us a takedown notice. You are so paranoid about that. I think, <laughs> I think we're okay. Unless there's some cannibal barbecue place out there. <laughs> You know, that's on iTunes. I think we're good. Now, Aaron, I I hear you've been feeling a bit under the weather recently? Yeah, I've I've run into a lot of um, kind of skin issues. It's been very (laughs) sunny out here, and let's just say I should be using more SPF than I think I should be. But, you know, things things will work out. You should get uh, maybe SPF 5,000. We'll just go from there. This is too hot to keep wearing, so I'm going to get rid of that right now. But... (laughs) So it has been uh, about a month since uh, The Walking Dead Season 4 went off the air. We've had a month to reflect on it and think back as to how we liked it or didn't like it, or all the little things in between. So, you know, this is going to be live, so anybody on the Google Play uh, page, or the Google Plus page, I guess, or the Facebook group can comment and let us know what they thought about it. We'd love to hear your input right now uh, as we are streaming this live, so that's kind of cool. But also, uh, guys out there who I'm podcasting with, any thoughts that have popped up in your head in that last uh, month? Apparently not. So uh, no. No, no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm almost done with the whole rewatch of that part, portion of the season. I'm down to the last few episodes, and it is I, it seems slower on the second watch than it did on the first. Uh, maybe because um, maybe some of that is because I know what's coming because I've seen it, or you know I don't know maybe um, fatigue from having gone through the whole season and doing a rewatch, but um. I had them all you know, digitally, so I wanted to rewatch them, and uh, it, it seems like uh, as I was watching it, it, it didn't seem as slowly paced as it did as much uh, when I rewatched it. Does that make sense at all? So it seems slower now, if I'm following. Yeah, so on, on second viewing, it seems it seems at a slower pace. Now, um, just to be clear, it seems at a slower pace. Does that seem like a bad thing to you, or does it just seem slower than the first time you watched it? Well, in some places I think it's a good thing, in some places I think it's a bad thing. I mean, you look at a stronger episode like The Grove or whatever, I think that's a good thing that we had time to decompress with those characters, although I wish, you know, they it, it had been a little more graceful. Something else that stuck out to me uh, in the second rewatch is something, uh, an issue that we've had over the season uh, has been some of the clunkiness of some of the dialogue and, and some of the scripts and everything, and that really kind of, was evident to me in a rewatch too, but um, I mean, you look at like some of the stronger episodes, um, and they really benefit from having that kind of slower, maybe less you know, pressurized pace. And then some of the other ones just seem like they're stretched on too long. Um, the the Daryl and Beth episode is one I'm, I'm thinking of in particular. It just seemed like it it, w- it went on a little long. I think it would have been better served as a thread in one of the other, you know, multi-group storylines rather than taking up you know, pretty much a whole episode of its own. So, I mean, that's that's what I've come across anyway during my during my rewatch. Cool. And how am... how far did, along did you say you were again, Jim? I know you said. I think you... I'm on episode seven of the last eight. Oh, okay. So you're. So you're I'm really almost. Good. I'm almost done. Yeah. Okay. 
I haven't had a chance to rewatch the season just because I'm frankly just too busy to spend time rewatching the season of Walking Dead again. But I mean, just thinking about thinking back to it, um, I I don't think any of my opinions have changed about the season. I've I'm you know been fairly critical of certain aspects of it, but I certainly praise other aspects as well. And it's certainly a solid season. Like I would say. I'd put it I'd put it ahead of the first two seasons of Walking Dead. I still think I'd probably think of season three as maybe the best season overall if I really had to weigh things down. But you know, all the seasons have their various pros and cons about them. But I mean, overall, it's, I still think it's a solid solid season of television. It took a lot of chances. It's very ambitious in changing around the format of the series what we're used to seeing um, in previous seasons of The Walking Dead. I'm taking you know, I the idea of putting different characters into Split off episodes, which is something that we've you know been wanting to see, and how that you know affected the series. It had its ups and downs, but overall, I still enjoyed what, a lot of what I saw. So. Cool. And uh, Russ, are you still with us? We, we know Russ's uh, connection problems might not let him be on constantly tonight, but uh, I still see his logo, so you never know. I'm going to take the silence of saying he's not here <laughs> at this very moment. Well, speaking of something um, Aaron said real quick, if I could, um, oh, I know the, the Darabont season or the Darabont reign, you know, as a showrunner is kind of seen as, as almost glacially slow by a lot of fans of the show. And then after that, it seemed like they were they were jamming a lot of things into every episode. Now that Gimple is taking over, it seems like there's more of a balance. Um, it doesn't seem as, you know, either as drawn out and protracted or as all compressed and, and jammed in. Uh, so it's kind of somewhere in between. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. <laughs> I certainly agree, and because that's, it's in a weird position where the show has to basically do damage control for what it's kind of lacked in previous seasons, or what it's done, not as effective as it could, which is essentially amounts to the characters that have been involved in the series and how much we care about them, or how much how well they've been represented as actual people and not just. Uh, an idea for a sketch of a person. So this season has been focused on let's fill in those gaps, and that. It's a kind of bumpy road you have to go on in order to prepare what's hopefully going to be a great season five. So it's not without its flaws, which I've been, you know, I've been happy to point out. But at the same time, it's still it's still trying to do something, which is you know that's certainly something to to credit to the series. I mean, plus they're coming bouncing back from the whole Woodbury storyline. They're trying to set up this whole new terminus thing. I mean, it was I think it was if they just kept you know on with the pressure of the storyline like it was in the first part of the se- you know the season. Uh, I think it would have been a bit much. You know, it would have been, I think it would have been too much. Too much of a good thing, I guess. <laughs> too much action. <laughs> so I was just thinking, for anybody who uh, is watching this on YouTube or Google uh, Plus later on, uh, who may have just happened across it, first off, welcome. This is the Walking Dead television podcast, Walking Dead TV podcast. You can find us at walkingdeadtv.com or at HHWLOD. Dot com, which is the name of our podcast network, where we've got tons of great shows about uh, many things, not just The Walking Dead, but uh, various movies, uh, comic books, television shows. If there's something nerdy that you're into, there's a good chance we have a podcast or three about it. So head over to walkingdeadtv.com or hhwlod.com. They'll both take you to the same exact place, and you can check out all that stuff there. And like we said right at the beginning, this is our first time trying this live streaming thing, so we're not exactly sure how it's going to work, but we wanted to do it and. uh give our, our fans and listeners and now viewers a chance to comment live as we do it. So normally it's a little bit more produced than what you're seeing right here just because uh, we can really go in and post and edit it down to the, the smallest detail. But this is kind of a fun adventure as well. I have I a just, question. Yeah, go for it. Oh, Russ is back. Hey, Russ. Yay. Yeah, no, I've been back for a little bit. So, yes, I'm not the disembodied voice. Uh, just my internet is not... Uh, I don't have the quite the bandwidth these gents do, so rather than see me stutter and pixelate badly, uh, I'll, I'll just be the disembodied voice of the podcast. But he has he's, that tattoo. He's hoping to upgrade to a string of cops he's, sometime next year. So he's our Jarvis. Yes. Think of him as yes. a better artist. Yes. <laughs> Very good. I'll, I'll take that. Um, so this question's from Richard Sheldon, and he says, I felt like they took eight episodes to move pieces from mid-season Fallout around when they should have taken four and got us to Terminus sooner. So general opinions on that. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Like I said, the the pace is kind of um, not as fast as before, and I was okay with that. I mean, they they're obviously you know we're building up to terminus through this whole thing. I, I felt some of the episodes could have been probably 
as I said, better served at smaller storylines than other episodes, you know, so that probably would have gotten them to turn this quicker. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this part of the season. I enjoyed it. Um, not without its flaws, but, you know, overall, I thought it was a plus. I'm About a fan. Go, go, go. I'm a fan of a slower burn in general. Like, that doesn't bother me. Uh, I liked the character moments that we got. Uh, it, it's really funny how the show has evolved into two eight-episode seasons, really, every quote-unquote season. Uh, you know, I don't know if maybe you know, that's where, you know, what they did with Breaking Bad, what they're going to be doing with Mad Men, maybe that's kind of where they got the idea. But, you know, thematically we're seeing, you know, differences between the first eight and the, and the back eight. Uh, whereas, you know, it, it wasn't, it didn't seem that prevalent when in previous seasons. This season really had a different feel from, you know, front half to back half. And I, I think that's a good thing. Um, I think it allows you to kind of have this complete story in each half, especially with the longer break. Uh, so to me, it, it, I think it worked well. I'm I'm fine with the with the pace and where they go. I mean, the only real gripe I had with the first eight was just the kind of the governor detour. Uh, and and again, when you have eight, <laughs> I know what he means about the governor detour. And I know Aaron and I, I both talked about when it happened when they're trying to somehow redeem him in the, the audience's eyes by giving him these few episodes where he. He wasn't, you know, the total evil prick that he was the entire rest of the run of the show. I thought that was kind of a waste of time, kind of a spinning of wheels. I agree, because those are, the two Governor episodes are my least favorite episodes of this series, which I've said before. Um, and I was happier than with kind of the idea of this back half of the season as opposed to spending time on the Governor, but... Um, in general, as far as the back half of the season goes and the kind of pacing of it, it's not the pacing that I had an issue with necessarily because I just wish some of the episodes were better, basically. I mean, I don't, I didn't mind the idea of Terminus taking, being basically the end game of the season of where we're going to go. I kind of figured that out about four episodes in. It's like, we're likely going to be ending within Terminus like and not getting there any sooner to really learn much about it. Um, so I was happy to accept that fact. It's just more of the journey getting there wasn't always that interesting, but I wouldn't blame that on pacing just more of execution of some of the episodes. Yeah, I agree. It's like there, I guess there are I remain things the sole like, guy who kind of still liked those Governor episodes. There has to be one in every crown, Jordan. They're not without their merits. Like it's it's not like I hate those episodes <laughs> or think they're like poorly acted and except for Tara who grew on me. But um <laughs> they 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 just they didn't work for me overall, especially looking back on them and how much I just didn't care about how they're trying to make this arc for the governor work. I would say David Morrissey does a fine job for what he's given, even with his ridiculous scraggly beard, and even the um, the other what's the other female character's name? Not Tara, but the uh, the mother. Oh, it was uh, was it Karen? No, it wasn't Karen because that was no, she, the character she, she kind of took the place <laughs> of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... But that one, I think she. That one. <laughs> I think she did a fine. And even like seeing like Martinez and how that kind of camp played out. Like there's bits and pieces there that I enjoy in terms of kind of the acting. Lily. And of course the show oh, always. Lily. Lily, thank you. The show always looks good. Like it's nothing from a production. It's just more of the writing, basically, which is constantly my issue with the series. So. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that. It's like, it's almost like okay, we need this plot point to happen. Write this scene, and then. It seems to be executed in almost the clunkiest way possible sometimes. So um, I'm thinking mostly like right now. I just watched the, we watched the Grove as as part of my thing and uh, the the scene with Tyrese and Carol at the table. It's like okay, we need to resolve the storyline, but the dialogue that they used to resolve that storyline just was not for me very satisfying. So. I have some more questions. Great. While awesome. I'm here. Um. So this one's from, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. This one's from Craig. He says, "Hey Jim, did you count hey, how many episodes?" Hey Craig, did you? <laughs> did you? No, sir, I did not. I never did. Uh, who else can see the questions? Who can finish reading that one? Because I still have not figured out where those are being posted. I don't know where they're being posted. No, they're not on Facebook. So they're not on the Google. They're in the Q and A. Sorry, that that. I oh, oh, I. Yeah, I Sorry. still can't see that, Russ. So if you can put a link to that page. No, I get it. It's on no, the it's side. It's on the side. I'm sorry. It's yeah, a, it's a, like... it's a yeah. toolbar on the side underneath. 
Screen share. Yeah, Sorry, well, it says Q&A very visibly, and you can just click that, and it'll open it up. Thank you, Aaron. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, so sorry about that. Uh, again, live show. Um, so I'll repeat the question. <laughs> We're still figuring it out. Yeah. said, hey, Jim, did you count how many episodes Rick wasn't in during your last rewatch? Count how many episodes he wasn't in? No. Not, not – uh... It's what, three or four, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is like three or four. There's the, the Daryl and Beth episode. There's the um, Tyrese and uh, Carol. Tyrese and Carol at the Grove. There's the Bob episode. Yeah, it's at least four. And the first one with the governor didn't have Rick as well. Yeah. Mm. And even the second one's just more of like. Hey. Yeah, it's like three seconds, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like he tried to act in, the, in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the first time ever that we've had Rickless episodes. We've always had at least at a bare minimum that like little tag. Um, this is the first one that didn't have that. <laughs> USDA recommended amount of Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that the cast, I mean, obviously the cast is strong enough to bear without you know, Andrew Lincoln being in every episode. I don't know. I mean, everybody... You read The Walking Dead, Rick's obviously the central character, but I mean, he's not the character I care about the most, either in the book or in the con or in the show. I mean, I'd probably give that to Glenn or Tyrese or something. But um, favorite characters? I don't know. I think it's okay to have not have Rick around all the time. I like I Rick a lot, but I do like the ensemble of it all, where it's you mm -hmm. can just have an issue or an episode or two that focus on somebody, even somebody who's not like if they were all of a sudden give us a Bob episode, like a straight Bob episode, not just Bob and, and everybody else, I'd be totally fine with that. I don't it doesn't bother me at all, especially because as we saw this season, the more they give the more they give him to do, the more interesting he is. Well speaking be... of that oh I'm sorry, I, I, did you guys read the news that Morgan is coming back? Yeah. Yes. Yay. It's, it's Yay. the kind of news where I'd, I'd rather just kind of hope to expect that and not actually read it, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, he's coming back, so. I guess this delays the next season of Low Winter Sun. Oh, wait, that got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like the movie with, that was like the show with no soul at all. I tried to enjoy that. I really liked those actors, but that show just not did not click. The Bob episode, by the way, would be called What About Bob, and it'd be about him taking baby steps to get over his alcoholism. <laughs> with a well received cameo by Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. As a zombie. <laughs> Dreyfus zombie. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping they've put the alcoholism behind him now. I mean, a lot of. You already mentioned earlier, Aaron, the damage control, but they've done a lot of work this past season. Necessary work, sometimes a little painful, but necessary to push past those things that have been kind of holding them back. The. Uh, Rick doesn't trust Carl. The Carl needs to get in the house. The all these different things where. All right. Okay. It might be painful to have to deal with them one more time, but we're going to get them out of the way. I'm losing track of the conversation, so... Yeah, you, you kind of broke up a little bit there, Jordan. You actually think broke I'm up back this time, Jordan, not me. Yeah, yeah, you're back now. Yeah, sorry about that. Was there a segue to some other topic that we were going to talk to? Well, I was just saying that they, they've worked through a lot of those things that they had to work through this season. Yes, Even yes. if it was painful to deal with them one last time, they got them out of the way. And I think now, hopefully things like Bob's alcoholism, yes, they might be referenced, but we don't need to have a story about, you know, him working through that. We've seen it many times on many shows. Um, this show has other interesting things it can do with, I don't know, zombies without having to delve back into that old well. Zombie well. Yeah. Um, I agree. Question? Yeah. Let's go for it. Let's go with the question. <laughs> All right. So this is from Everard, a uh, longtime listener. And, Which, uh, by the way, I just... I just turned my camera off so people can see the uh, lovely image he made of me. Uh, he made this of all four of us, actually. Uh, not a, that, he didn't make images of me for all four of us. That, he made that, images that, of that our respective that, persons. But that, so, that, thank that you. Wasn't, uh, that wasn't Everard. No. Nope. No, that, that was Shalem. That was Shalem. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just awful. Yeah, we're talking about Everard. You're still pretty cool, too, Everard, though. 
Lar- live show, live show. Oh, um, all right, so here we go. How much do you think the writers know where they were going as they introduced characters, and how much are they organically developing? Felt like Tara was going to be a red shirt when first introduced. I'd like Aaron to answer this first because he loves Tara so much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've certainly pointed out that I've grown that Tara's grown on me. I, I think she's a much better written and better acted character since her debut. Um, as far as how much do I think they know, I think I think it evolves over during the writing process, obviously, and. I'd like to think that after signing up an actress, she has probably a certain, probably knew from the contract that she was maybe open to appearing in more episodes. And as things played out to the rest of the season, and as they started developing the next season, they were able to figure out where things were going with certain characters. I'd imagine they have some kind of structure drawn out for the different characters and what their arcs are going to be throughout the, you know, upcoming seasons and whatnot. And this is all speculation, of course, so I, I just I don't know offhand, but I mean that's how I'm looking at it. It's, that's the way it seems to me. I think probably Kirkman has it all broken down, like you say, in a, in a larger plot arc sense, um, and then you know they, they have the individual scripts to break, you know, to bring them to those area, you know, to those points they want to bring them to. I guess I'd be curious. I'd be curious about how involved Kirkman is in the actual kind of drawing out the show process like I know he's obviously heavy, heavily involved as a producer and a writer and whatnot but mm-hmm. like you look at something like Game of Thrones for example where I was hearing just the other week how George R. R. Martin's basically given kind of uh, he's given a summation of what the kind of 10 episode arc for that season is going to be and then he's broken in, he, get, he gets his chance to work on various scripts for certain episodes but he isn't exactly dictating where the where that season's going to go and what plot lines it's going to incorporate so I Again, all speculate. I have no idea. Maybe Robert Kirkman does it all. Maybe maybe he has a whole list planned out and just you know, hands it over to AMC. No, you're uh, right. It would be interesting to get a, a, more of an insight on that process. Yeah, we got to wait for the next Nerdist podcast featuring Robert Kirkman so we can <laughs> get that question in. Or maybe they'll have him on the writer's room. There you, there you go. Great, I would say show. at least... I would say at least for Tara, um, I get the impression... You, you can hear me, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get the impression that she was kind of a reverse Ben Linus, if you will. Um, if anybody remembers from Lost, uh, Ben Linus was introduced as a character, and they loved him so much that they were like, okay, we're going to keep him around. I get the impression that Tara was kind of the opposite, where it, not the opposite, but um, sort of a thematic opposite, in that she was a character brought in for a small role who they knew, okay, if we like this actress, if she works well with everything, then we can keep her around for extra. Because they, they obviously set up quite a bit for her, to pay off later, but it would also be the kind of stuff that if it wasn't paid off and she was just killed and we never saw her again, it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, but so I, I feel like she just kind of pretty much passed the initiation, if you will, and now she's now she's gonna be around for at least a while, which I'm happy because I, I, I like the character from the beginning. I'm like Aaron, um, but she's only gotten better with time, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. I'd say. Any more questions, Russ? Here's the question. <laughs> Will Russ's house, new house, have better internet? <laughs> the answer is yes. The answer is yes. I really hope so. <laughs> um, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, give a, I'll give a quick answer real quick. Um, I think it's maybe a, a bit of a mixed bag, maybe six one half dozen the other. I think some characters, they are probably very in tune with how they're going to play out and how they're going to go. Um, I think other characters, they may give a chance to develop and see how things go and determine if they are worthy of a larger role or if, if they're going to you know do more with them. But it, it's tough because with these eight-episode sprints, I would think that they pretty much have everything shot and taken care of before everything really airs. So you know, if, if they have a character that they were planning on uh, keeping around for a while because of positive audience reaction, and then it turns out that they... Uh, you know, they killed them off, then they wouldn't even know because it's, you know, by the time they've already gotten the audience reaction, that character's lived, you know, gone through their cycle. So it, it's a tough, it's a tough deal, I think, uh, you know, for the writers to, to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, I know I was just reading today that it, I don't know if they've necessarily started shooting season five, but the actors have started returning to Atlanta to begin filming season five. So. You know, I mean, just look at the date. It's not quite May yet as we record this, and uh, we won't be seeing episodes for several months. So they've got a lot in the can by the time we're seeing anything. Now, with the break mid-season, that does give them a little bit of a chance to retool. But everything I've ever 
heard or read from television producers and directors and writers and stuff seems to indicate that they know that audience reaction for the most part, like 80% of the time. Um, they know what it's going to be by the time stuff is being filmed. They might have had a great idea in the writer's room, but they can see when it's starting to be filmed, this is just not working out, or it's going better than we expected, and make those turns um, and, and follow up on it as, they're going, as they need to based on that. And it's usually pretty right on the money for how audiences are going to react to it. So, so not, not another question, but a comment. Uh, live from the future in the, in the Q&A is Mr. Callum Callum Reavy, I would assume. Callum Reavy from Australia. How you doing, sir? From, from the future. Which, what is it there for you? It's, it's not lunchtime, right? It's, uh, it's well, maybe it is. Now. I think it's um, beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> who rules Bartertown? Callum Reavy does. <laughs> That's who. Um, I don't... Uh, do you have the Q&A section open that he was referring to, guys? Or? I, I do. do. He, he just, just says, not a question, but hello. He just wants to say hello. hello. Yeah, he just wants to say hello. That was it. That's awesome. He is such an awesome guy. Live from the future. He is uh, one of our super fans, for sure. Um, so, our longtime uh, friend and Handycast podcaster, Lucas King, yeah. said, said, not caught up, don't care, need a dude fixed. So, apparently, he just wants to listen to us yammer, uh, and <laughs> he's just kind of hanging out. So, hey, Luke, what's up? If you enjoy podcast insanity, definitely check out the Handycast because it, it definitely qualifies. Uh, those are Luke and his brother Tyler are just both awesome guys. So he actually does have a question. Yeah, uh, later on down the timeline, I can see that as well. Yeah, oh, look, okay. the only reason I didn't read that one is because it's potentially a. Oh, Luke does. Yeah, Luke's on the one. Yeah, oh. Luke's question. Yeah. Okay, here, let me select that one. Uh, okay, general question, not caught up question. I'll give you three slots to recast with anyone you want. You can rewrite the show, just recast, go. I mean, the governor, um, as much as I, you know, think David Morrissey does what he can with what was given to him, maybe someone with uh, more, I don't even know who to recast it with. I know you guys have said, some of you have said Danny Trejo in the past. Uh, that was just because I always thought that's the way they drew him. It doesn't matter how he's drawn. Yeah, that's um, kind of the way they lo he looked in the book to me. I don't know how to who you'd replace him with, though. Especially that depiction of the governor. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. There he is. I'm sorry. He's my favorite character actor. I, know, I wouldn't hate that. I do like Clancy I'd Brown take, as well. I can take Clancy Brown, yeah. yeah. There's been Tom Savini has been thrown out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like Tom Savini, but... Despite the fact that he has acted in things, I don't think of him as an actor. Yeah, and no offense could, to him. He could play Martinez. He could play a second in command. I could do that easily. Yeah. So there, I got two down. There we go. I mean, cause that, that's the, as I think back at the show, because I saw the question before we started answering it, you know, there aren't really many roles where I go, oh, if it was just somebody else playing that role, it would have been better. Usually it comes down to the writing. I think the actors... Um, Good, bad, or in the middle have done what they can with the writing. There's nobody that I really think of. Oh, I just wish it had been X instead of that. Everybody's brought something interesting. I'm trying to think of, like, instead of Sarah Wayne Callies, maybe somebody different for Lori, but I can't really think of who would fit. Like, I, like no actress Moon really comes good. Yeah. Julie Bowen. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I maybe would have cared more. I don't. I don't know. It's funny you say Moon Bloodgood because she's on Falling Skies, another show that's you know in it's a similar place. Dead like yeah. 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 I can't. I, I agree. I mean, overall, I think the cast has been pretty strong. I mean, I can't think of anybody I would have swapped out. Maybe you can take. You can replace Carl with uh, Martin Short in the film Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> Just or, Robin, or you could replace him with Robin Williams in the film Jack. No, that's not such a joke. <laughs> Some jokes go too far, Jim. Okay, well, I mean, if you're, you're pulling out obscure adult playing man, you know, man child movies, uh, I can play that game too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think the cast is pretty strong overall. I mean, most of the problems I have with the show are either you know writing or, or pacing. You know, usually, I mean, cinematography and direction is usually really good. Um, I can't. I, I, I'm racking my brain trying to think of who I'd swap out. Who could Axel have been played by instead of kind of 
skinny. But I love uh, Axel. I love Axel. He was good. No, he was good. He was live. But I mean, if you want to like represent him more as the comic, who you recast there? Because he was more burly and Santa Clausy in the comic book. Hmm. Just give it to Camp Clancy Brown again. Just put him uh, everywhere. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the corpse of John Kane. Now that Brian, now that Brian James passed away. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, overall, the cast has been great, you know, I think. Yeah, like, I can't see anybody else really playing Rick. Like, nobody else comes to mind for me. Even reading the comic, like, there was no actor that really stood out to me that I was like, oh, so-and-so would be perfect for, for Rick. I never really had anybody in mind. Um, and Bernthal did such a good job with Shane. Like, I like he's not who I would have picked from the comic, but I can't see anybody really that would have done a better job. Yeah, with, with Shane, they're really just kind of filled in the gaps because there's not a lot of Shane in said comics. With Rick, he's basically drawn as every man, which I think is very purposeful, so it doesn't really reflect, like, a particular person, one would say, beyond just, like, dream casting from people that think about that kind of thing all the time. Maybe... I'm trying to think of who else. While you think, I'll just do things in the background to make this podcast more animated. <laughs> Let's see. Probably, you should we probably take... show Russ that uh, X Men poster behind you. I have been eyeing that. He's a big X Men fan. I've been eyeing that guy. I, 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 got, I got him going. Hold on. Let me let me add focus to Aaron here. Now we're really making good podcasting by having this yeah, long one. Russ tries to look at my room. <laughs> action, action shots of Aaron's room. It's not just weird that the audience gets to see us. It's weird that we get to see each other. So. <laughs> and then we so, get to see each other see each other. Yeah. Nice. Here's a, here's a question. Um, how quickly do you want them to wrap up this Terminus thing? Do you want it to like be the next arc of the entire next half of the season? Or... Do you want to see him like you know, just a couple episodes, kind of, you know, nip it in the bud? I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, honestly, for me, it depends what the story ends up being. I mean, if it's what we think it's going to be, uh, eight episodes should probably be enough for that. But maybe they take it in a radically different direction. Um, maybe there's more to that story that they've thought of uh, since you know, Kirkman wrote that that particular arc in the comics. Um, eight episodes is probably enough. But you never know. There could just be a lot more there, or a lot less. Maybe it's done in two episodes. Who knows? With the addition of one of the guys, the one, the main like, um, Gareth, I think is Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. Kids, don't do drugs. This is a lollipop. Okay, I just want to show everybody. Okay, it's not, <laughs> With... it's not anything uh, untoward or strange. It's just my wife got some really awesome pomegranate lollipops. With the news of Gareth being added to, you know, the cast, whether it's, you know, a main cast slot or just, like, in recurring characters, whatever, I would like to think that there is plans to, you know, keep Terminus as a major factor for at least some amount of time. I wouldn't say, again, speculation, I wouldn't say it's going to amount to less than, you know, two episodes, but I wouldn't say it's going to take up the entire season either. So, I mean, yeah, good. But then again, I don't know, it could be like the mid-season finale is when they break out of Terminus, so who knows what's going to happen. I'm just wondering if that's going to be if they're going to try to take like the nesting opportunity that they had at the prison and try to make it a terminus, or if they'll move on from there to something else, or if we're going to. There have been rumblings. I think I I don't know if I remember reading from Kirkman or someone else involved with the show that um, we will eventually like be caught up with the comic and see like uh, characters like Negan and stuff uh, showing up in the show. So I'm just wondering. I mean, they've already kind of gone through the source material pretty quickly if you think about it. I mean, how many comics? They've gone through compared to where they are in the comic storyline as they, you know, they are in the TV storyline. So, very true. It'll be interesting how you know how much more accelerated that'll be. Okay. Digging it so far. Depends what they have planned mm -hmm. for it. You know, if if they plan on, you, you know, assimilating them into that, you know, area, then I could see maybe dragging it out a little longer. If if it's you know, if, if that's if it's meant to be just a confrontation and they move on, then it'll be shorter. Um, you know, it just really depends on how they want that to play out. Um, but I, I hope it doesn't go like the whole eight. Like I hope they resolve whatever happens within three to four and then kind of move on. If I had my pick. <laughs> 
I would at least hope they change things or change the dynamic of the involvement of Terminus, I guess. I wouldn't necessarily say they need to break apart from Terminus completely within the first eight episodes, but if there's a regime change, a power switch, or even them like on the run as Terminus chases after them, those are all ways to make to keep that idea interesting, I guess. It's just weird if you look at the contrast between um, you know, Woodbury and Terminus. I mean Woodbury you have like a very small part of the populace that was trained to to watch and you know guard the the the, the vaster part. And it seems like in Terminus everybody is working toward this goal. It's much more organized. Um so it'll be interesting how I mean, I you know, Rick's saying you know they they screwed with the wrong people or whatever, but um, um, it'd be interesting to see how the retribution plays out for sure. Yeah. I got another question. I guess we can we can take we can cycle through these. Uh oh, Craig Craig had another question. Hey, Craig. Nice. Uh, he says, what have you guys heard about the spin-off slash companion series? Surprisingly, not much. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, I mean, in this day and age where we, you know, get, you know, previews, featurettes, interviews, cast photos, and everything else of movies and TV before they come out, I mean, we, I mean, I don't know, have you guys seen anything pop up on the radar? I really haven't. Pretty much everything I've yeah. said, I've, everything I've seen has only been... It won't be based on anything from the comics. It won't be based on any of the characters from the comics or show. That's what I've also been hearing that as well. It won't be like, you know, Daryl or some other character who's just in the show and not in the comics, um, which to me is is only exciting. Um, it means they won't be hampered, and that might be the wrong term, but they won't be held back by anything in the comics aside from the general lore, you know, how zombies work, what state the world is in, etc., it could be set before the, where the show is right now. It could be set after. Um, could be set literally anywhere else in the world. Uh, to me, that's only exciting. Just brand new stories that we don't have any idea where they're coming from, where the characters are coming from, and it can just all be laid out there on the screen for us all to um, absorb at the same at the same rate, um, rather than kind of being ahead of things with the comics like we are sometimes on the show. Not always, and it's not always a bad thing, but it will be nice to have um, a completely separate entity. I can agree with that to an extent, just because I'd be happy to see maybe new writers be tackling the spinoff series and not just like some of the writers from this current series moving over there and possibly splitting up the efforts taken to make both series at the same time. I think it comes down to them trying to keep this series as like as good as the ratings are from The Walking Dead. I don't think it goes unnoticed that the series isn't the best, and so I'd like to think that they're really trying to focus on making the best current, like, you know, main series before they put too much focus into the spin-off series just because of it, the popularity of said show. I think the quality is the thing that's being focused on most and we'll hear about the companion series in due time. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, next year if like this upcoming season sees the announcement of something involving said spin-off series, but I like in in the world I live in, I'd like to think that there's a lot of thought being put towards making the best current show possible as before we get a, arrive at you know the other show we're also making because the numbers are so good. If I uh, if I ruled the world and if it were up to me, I whoever uh, wrote the Telltale Walking Dead games, yes. mm -hmm. I would hire them. Yes, I really do because they really get it. They get what makes the Walking Dead the Walking Dead. They pretty much you know wrote already a really compelling narrative set in that same universe that had no ties whatsoever to the book or the show. Mm -hmm. um, I just, uh, I, I'd really like to keep them keep doing the game, though. <laughs> I don't want them I would, to too, but I mean, I don't know. I think in, I mean, on one hand, you get something something as great as those games were as far as you know, storytelling in this, in this kind of universe. And on the other hand, you get the Amazon pilot for Zombieland, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a spectrum, you know. It could go either way. But, you know, I if, I were, if I ruled the world, I would just literally go to Telltale and like, look, you guys are running my pilot. You know? I, I just thought they really understood what makes The Walking Dead The Walking Dead. You know, that... I wouldn't I wouldn't put that out of the realm of imagination. Like, presumably the second season was written and completed already because they've likely recorded all the voice and stuff, so it's just more a matter of putting that game together. So unless they're, you know, working on season three or the other many great Telltale games that are coming out, like, and the other one, potential one, like the Mad, the um, Game of Thrones one and the Borderlands one, like, there's, they might just be busy and they might have nothing to do with this and they might want to exist purely in video game zone, but at the same time, I wouldn't put it past the, the thought process that, hey, 
those are getting good reviews, largely because of the writing. Maybe we should contact them and at least you know see if they have any notes for us or something like that. I mean, it, I have no idea how this kind of thing works. All of that's speculative, but I mean, it's I wouldn't put it past them for sure. I'm a big time TV producer. Here's a gajillion dollars. Make it happen. <laughs> I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it was from. Kirkman himself, I don't know why I th- seem to think it did, but he said that the spin-off series is going to be connected in some way to the main series, like either somebody that knows somebody in the cast or somebody related to somebody. I, I, he, did, he wasn't specific, but he said there would be some connection to the characters in the main series. So don't know what that means. Uh, I, I really hope, if nothing else, that they go to a different location, like maybe the Northwest or... Uh, you know, even the Northeast or something like that. I, I, I hope it's not a... I agree with what he's saying because mm-hmm. one of the various criticisms I had with the back half of the season is that we're just seeing a lot of people walk through the woods. And is well, as, as well produced as the show, you know, tends to be, it gets a little laborious to watch people just walk around in the woods and there's not a whole lot of dynamics I play in terms of... At least throw a pine tree in, or a palm tree, or some mangrove trees. Peter Jackson says hello. (laughs) Um, I I did a little Googling um, about the spinoff. Don't do that on camera. Yeah, man. Make sure you turn your Um, video on for that. And uh, what we have so far is going to be about a different group of characters, different part of the world, and uh, it's going to be executive produced by Dave Erickson, who previously worked on uh, Sons of Anarchy, as well as Robert Kirkman, who's uh, currently coming up with ideas for the spinoff, at least as in this particular interview with the International Business Times. Mm. So exactly where you'd expect to read about <laughs> The Walking Dead. But uh, that's pretty much the only news I see about it here. Craig said he's, he, he said Kirkman said it definitely would not be set in Georgia. So yay. Yay for, yay for. Um, let's see. Let's do another. Oh, uh, I have a. Co- it's not a question, but it's a comment. Uh, this would be funny. So this is from Richard. Uh, again, another comment. He said, "Since we could not get Danny Trejo as governor, do you think we might get an AMC crossover and get his animated zombified head strapped to the back of a turtle roaming the countryside?" Uh, first off, it's a tortoise. Second, spoilers. Uh, third, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Let's just say yes. <laughs> Wasn't there a fan theory going around? I think I saw it on io9 that Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead were the same universe. From yeah, what there's I could... been lots of little Easter eggs, like the blue meth in, uh, in Merle's Satchel in Season 2, and other little mm-hmm. things like that. But most of them is just fan speculation. But based on what I know, yeah, they're in the same universe, and they all used to be the toys of Andy's mom from Toy Story, which, <laughs> which, is, which is currently being um, demolished by, by by Thanos, who is also in leagues with Emperor Palpatine. I think that's... They're getting pumped pump full of midichlorians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. It just reminded me of that Patton Oswald filibuster. <laughs> From Parks and Rec. I don't know if you guys saw it. Oh yeah, I literally just rewatched that episode a couple weeks ago. I've been going back through Parks and Rec, which is a brilliant show. And how about that season finale, by the way? Uh, it is wonderful. Boy, Not to get too way I off topic, wait. but it is just wonderful. Yeah. Oh yes, it's going to be the future soon, folks. Um, what else we got here? What do you? I mean, now, I mean, we've kind of been talking about this a little bit here and there, but is there anything? Um, now that you've had this month to kind of gestate over the end of the last season, that you're really hoping to see or really hoping not to see in next season, regardless of how long they happen to stay at Terminus. I would like to see a good explanation of the whole Terminus thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know their inner workings. Yeah, you know, I, I would like to know, like, you know, all that. I'd like to have that all pan out rather than just kind of be glossed over or something. I really don't want to see longer than, let's say, an episode and a half of them still remaining stuck in the train car. At least not all of them. Like, let's say maybe half of them are there, and the other half is being let out on some type of probation with the, you know, the threat of we'll kill your your friends if you don't, you know, work work with us or something. But I, I just don't want to see a long period of time on them in that stupid train car. It's really cool for a cliffhanger. It's not really good for ongoing television, as far as I'm concerned. Having seen absolutely nothing of what they might do with it. Um, 
I don't really want to see any torture. I feel like that could be a thing that comes up. I don't really feel like seeing much more torture on this show. Or children being killed. I could probably do without that for a while. That's just yeah. me, though. Unless they're asking for it. <laughs> In which case, by all means. I'd like some stand to be taken just to settle things about Beth and Daryl and even Carol, for that matter, in terms of what these relationships truly are, as opposed to letting us speculate about it and obsess over it for no apparent reason. So you're calling for a three-way? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. You didn't hear me say that? Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> that's exactly what he said, word for word. And, I mean, I'd like to see some kind of useful explanation for what happened to Beth and nothing too outlandish, I guess. Like what, she got that Iron Man suit right off the camera? Yeah, right. I mean, it, it because we, I mean, obviously we don't know what happened to Beth. I'm of the opinion that there's some separate thing going on. It has nothing to do with Terminus, given that that whole church setting was very creepy and very mysterious and is just probably the setup for another subplot next season. Which would like, which I'd imagine would come sooner rather than later, just because she's a character that's important on this series. People want to know what happened to her, and we can't spend all the time in Terminus, I'd assume. So, I don't know. Who are we gonna have to sing the song at the end of the end of the episode if, if Beth isn't there? I mean, Ray on. Parker Jr. <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Not well, hopefully not Ghostbusters when zombies are your problem. That would seem like crossing the streams or crossing the wires, whichever one you want to go with. Streams. So the uh, new season starts in October? Is that right? Presumably, uh, as, yeah. I mean, as far usually, as we know, it has does. every other year. Mm-hmm. So I don't see any reason why they'd change it now, unless, and this is another question um, that we, we could answer, not from the chat, but from just in general, um, I've heard rumors that the two series, the you know the main Walking Dead and the spinoff, are going to air in tandem. I personally think I would prefer, you know, spacing them out and not necessarily doing, you know, the the spinoff in the in the break, but you know, eight episodes of the Walking Dead break, eight episodes of the Walking Dead, you know, and then eight episodes of the spinoff break, eight episodes of the spinoff break, and then into the new season. I think would be my preferred version of how to air them. I agree with you that I wouldn't want to see them back-to-back. That feels like just too much of the same thing, too much of a dour kind of experience all within, like, one weird two-hour pack, um, especially because, you know, Game of Arms is so compelling, so we need to see more of that. But, I mean, it's... I guess it would make more sense to, yeah, space it out, have it kind of as either, like, opposing, like, alternate time shifts uh, in terms of, like, you know, one happens in October from whatever, and then the other happens, like, in the summer or something like that. Or just be on another night of the week, like be, you know, on AMC Wednesdays or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think AMC would probably behoove them to run, like, you know, let's say, let's call it, you know, Earth 1 and Earth 2. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Earth 1 uh, Walking Dead, and then as that ends, you know, then bust out the Earth 2, you know, rather than having them run concurrently. Especially say. given that AMC seems to want to delve more into having more television programming as opposed to movies in more on more nights of the week than just Sundays. Like they, you know, they're blind. They're trying to, they're courting like Kevin Smith and, and him for like that, his, his uh, Hollywood Babylon podcast. They're trying to make that into a series. I mean, there's, it's, it seems like they want to get more given that the ratings for walking dead are so high, let alone the popularity of their network in general, because of the quality of a lot of their series and their, their, you know, break into reality television. It seems like they want to do more than just have like a Sunday night block from, you know, eight to, Eight to ten, or then what? The uh, comic book man at midnight, or whatever. So. And they, they need to, and they need to branch out. I mean, Breaking Bad is over. Mad Men is about to we'll end. end yeah. You know. Yeah, I got one more year of uh, Mad Men after. And this the year. and the shows that you know turn, and obviously the the Lenny James show that I can't that I just mentioned, Little Winter Sun, and the, they're like series that are on. Uh, but they're not necessarily getting the kind of like this is the next step in television buzz in the same way that Mad Men, <laughs> Breaking Bad have. I know my dad's like in turn. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I am excited for Halt and Catch Fire. That looks interesting. Yes. Um, the, okay. The yeah. World, I, the time yes. period. Everything. About I agree. It. Yeah. It's just again, I don't know if I'm expecting that to be like the next great thing in the same way that some of these other AMC shows that have broken out in recent years have. Oh, true. I mean, it's it's hard to predict that kind of stuff, especially oh, yeah, when you see yeah. the trailer. But uh, I'm hoping. Yeah. I... 
So another, this isn't so much a comment. Well, I guess it is a question from Richard Sheldon uh, Chub Toad. He says, are there still AA meetings in the zombie apocalypse? He posted that when we were talking about uh, Pop Stucky. Um, I'm going to ah. guess no. Hmm. I, you know, I mean, if things didn't go to hell in the prison, I mean, they could have had more time to set up some, you know, other extracurricular activities for the groups to participate in, such as, like, morning job. time and AA and other things. Do Movie night. Yeah, movie, yeah, movie night. Brain's anonymous now. Oh, my God. Could you imagine movie, could you imagine movie night? Zombies sitting around in a circle. Uh, <laughs> would you, you just call it coffee? Could Would you, you just call it alcohol? Movie night? Yeah, right? Yeah. The anonymous is pretty much out of the... It's like, <laughs> that part of it is, is kind of moot. Movie well, night if in the prison would be alcohol. great. They'd just be standing and walking, like acting out movies that they remember. That'd be, I'd, I'd, watch, I'd watch Glenn and Maggie like, reenact movies. That'd be great. What if the zombies <laughs> were the alcoholics? Then it would fit. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably uh, uh, proportionally a lot more of those in the apocalypse than there are now. Yeah, Richard also uh, had a comment that says the all-out war arc uh, just wrapped in a comic uh, that would make a great half half season. Uh, I'm a little bit behind on Walking Dead actually, which is unusual because I usually stay pretty current. So I haven't actually read All Out War yet. So hopefully I've read about soon half I'll... of it. I only read the hardcovers, and that hardcover has not come out yet, so I am nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. I will say I think you get way more than just half a season. I mean, maybe half a season out of just the all-out war arc, but there's, I'd say, minimum <laughs> two seasons of prep before you even get to that because there's a lot of stuff that has to be set up and built before you can even get to that. Um, with, with Not just with Negan, but with Jesus and Ezekiel and the tiger and all those towns. I, believe me, I'm not spoiling anything. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens eventually in The Walking Dead. Um, but there's a lot before you even get to that. Uh, maybe half season just for that arc. I don't disagree because I haven't finished it, but um, there's a lot of stuff there. I also think that we've we've been, we've seen similar things play out on this series so far, and it'd be a little too soon to kind of get into certain aspects of where that storyline heads, I guess is a good way to put it. I see what you mean, and I'm trying to not spoil anything, but I think it's... I think there's a way they can do it differently enough with the whole, I guess a good word for it is protection angle. Fair. W- that could be different enough that it wouldn't feel too much like a retread. Um, but it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Richard also says that the show comes back October 13th. I do believe I actually did see that, so that, that sounds correct. Uh, yeah, mid-October, makes sense. Uh, Richard also says he'd like to see the spin-off series take place in England. Zombies with crooked teeth roam the British Isles. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing those straight teeth zombies all the time. That's one man. That's the thing. That my only, my only request for a British uh, Walking Dead show is all the British characters have to be played by Americans. That's that's my stipulation. That's eh, a trade-off. That'd be awesome. Like, uh, you know, what do, what do you call that when a student comes from like an international trade student? That's not what it's called, but a uh, Foreign exchange student? Foreign exchange student, yeah. Foreign exchange student. <laughs> I, I would certainly expect all the zombies in England to have red on them. <laughs> oh, and if they do that, there better be uh, Shaun of the Dead Easter eggs hidden there. <laughs> so uh, we've been We've been going for almost an hour now. I think we're almost getting ready to wrap up with this inaugural test of the live stream. What else do we have, Russ? Um, couple things. Uh, one, we're yeah, stuff and stuff. Uh, <laughs> we are like we mentioned in the in the promo for all this. We are going to have a, a contest. Uh, so for all those that have participated either in the chat or on the the Google Plus page or any if we get any comments on the Facebook page. Uh, we'll be selecting a winner at random uh, to get a signed copy of the paperback of the most recent Follow the Governor novel. And we will uh, have Mr. Johnny M. Uh, send that out to you. Uh, the, the press folks were gracious enough to send us some copies. We already uh, had one lucky winner a while back uh, earlier in the season, win a, a full set of the hardcovers, and we still have some other stuff laying around. So 
uh, we'll give away one of those paperbacks, and uh, I think somewhere between now and the beginning of the next season, we'll have some other stuff in the prize closet that will be And he's gone. All right. Hmm. I was trying to grab this beam of light on the side of my screen and make it look like a lightsaber. But and I... that's Discount Comic Book Service, DCService.com. Hopefully I didn't cut out during the sponsorship. That would be awful. You, you cut out, but you cut back in just in time for us to hear DCBService.com. Uh, yeah. Which you check out. Just in time. Um, aside from the contest, which uh, congratulations to whoever wins... Um, we should also say, you know, like we, we've mentioned this a couple of times, this is a test force. It's the first time we've done this. Um, let us know, uh, preferably if you're a long-time listener of the show, but even if this is the first time you happen across it, um, did you like this? Did you not like it? Is there something you would prefer? Um, would you prefer a different format for this kind of thing, um, et cetera? Basically, we're, we're doing this because we, we think you guys would like it. But if you'd prefer the audio stuff only or if you prefer this but with slight tweaks, let us know. Uh, we do this for you. So uh, if, if there's something, if you could just do this, if, if they would only do this on the show, it would make it so much better, let us know what that thing is. Jim is too attractive. Tone down his attractiveness. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> oh, I'm sure that's the problem. I'm sure that's it. So it's a suave young man in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> With his hip X-Men posters. And... That's right. That's oh, by the way, Aaron turned his, cam- his camera off because it makes me feel too bad about myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, the, your X-Men poster, uh, I have that exact same t-shirt on right now, I swear to you. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> that is one of my favorite covers of all time. That's the, the cover to X-Men Classic number one. Mm-hmm. The old Art Adams cover. Um I guess while I'm I'm briefly back, hopefully I won't cut out real quick. Uh, go to dcbservice.com, uh, check out their stuff. Because it's great, and you can get great <laughs> deals, save tons yeah, of money great, on comic books. Yes, not only comics too, all kinds of pop culture stuff, toys, exactly. TV, um, um, all kinds of good stuff. So check them out, at dcbservice.com. Thanks for the assist, Jimbo. Hey, I got <laughs> Are you. Are we ready back. to? Are we ready to wrap it up for this uh, inaugural live test of Walking Dead TV podcast? I think so. I just want to thank everybody for participating. Uh, we didn't give a whole lot of advance notice. I realize, too, it's a weekday evening. Um, but I'm, I'm happy for all the participation we got. Hopefully folks will check it out and enjoy it. And we'll try and do more of these as time goes by. Hopefully with me cutting out less and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe appearing live and in the flesh, which would be fun. That would be also fun. surprising for anyone who only thought they were going to see a video if you show up live and in the flesh at their uh, place of residence. That would be awesome, but weird. Um, I, I will say before you we can show up here, Russ, just bring beer. I no just problem. saw I it. just saw Richard's uh, comment. If any time we see that useful youthful chair of face of yours, Jordan, it is a win. Uh, thank you. Uh, and you might want to lay off whatever you've been smoking, Rich. Uh, but thank you. It's just all the same. Lonely, lonely man. Really... <laughs> <laughs> know, you, know, you know I love you, Rich. Uh, so that's it for episode 117 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. I've got my my notes right here, everybody. Um, you can leave us the voicemail at 972-798-3830. That's 972-798-3830. Or send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Check out hhwlod.com for all of our great shows, like Half Hour Wasted, The Long Box of Doom, The Black Box, Out Now with Aaron, that guy right over there, and yeah, his uh, co-host Abe, Jersey Shore, which is my show, uh, the Icapod Crane Cast, our, our new 24 cast with Aaron as well, as that uh, show comes back on the air. Uh, the Action Lab Podcast with Jim, and many, many more. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at WDTV Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network. I'm at Jordan from Jersey. Aaron is at Aaron's PS4. Jim is at Yoda Jones. And Russ is at Russ, or at R. Latham, L-A-T-H-A-M. And uh, so until there's no more room left in hell in the dead, walk the earth, remember, F it, we're doing it live. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. Uh, iTunes reviews and subscribe yes, to our YouTube we'd... channel, youtube.com slash HHWLOD Podcast Network. And add our HHWLOD Podcast Network uh, Google Plus page to your circles or whatever you do there. And and subscribe on YouTube. So, woohoo! Have a good one, everybody. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for participating. Uh, we will talk to you soon, and we will announce the winner on uh, the Facebook group and the Google Plus page. How about that? Woohoo! Awesome. So long. I'll even throw in a 